0: Uh, finally, they were let uh, to, allowed to go back and to begin to rebuild Jerusalem, and so they rebuilt the walls and laid the foundation of the temple. Nothing happened after that. Finally, God came along to the prophet Haggai and said, "Hey, the time is now. Time to get busy on getting God back at the center." Uh, of your existence, right? Time to build uh, the temple. And so it was one, just set the priority, right? To get, get God at the center, right? Set the priority. And then they got a little discouraged in that process and he had to come along and say, that's okay. You know, be strong in the spirit, right? Be spirit strong and just do the work. And then a couple months later he had to come back and say, you know, keep at it. Don't lose heart. Right? Just this is make God the priority. Give God your whole heart. Get get heart involved in this thing, uh, and just keep persevering. And that's where we've walked so far. Uh, now we pick it up in the last portion uh, of of the second chapter. Uh, and what we're going to do today, as we wrap up uh, the book, is kind of step back. A little bit because we've been like the people we have been engaged in kind of the day to day, right? Set it as a priority. Yeah, they got discouraged. You know, you got to persevere. You know, get your heart right. Just get your whole heart into this project. And it was more focused on kind of the day to day, the the build the temple kind of experience. But by the time we get to the end of the book of Haggai, we see that uh, there's something bigger uh, going on, right? Uh, And what we're going to discover today is that God is a God who has a preferred future for his people, right? Uh, That God is a God who has a preferred future. So he says, think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple is laid. Think carefully. Remember, through the whole series, we've been doing that at the end of each sermon, thinking carefully, right? And repeatedly, he's, he's challenged us to think carefully. Well, today the challenge is, as we think carefully, um, think carefully about where your life is headed. Think carefully about where the focus of your life uh, has been. How often is it that you, like God's people in Haggai's time, get captured in the day-to-day experiences? That you just get so wrapped up, you get so captured in the day-to-day experiences that it's difficult for you to see beyond that day, right? That's what's happening. And that happens so often uh, for us. And yet the truth of Scripture in Haggai uh, is that even though we're doing the day-to-day, God is already working in our tomorrow. Don't miss that. This is an important biblical principle. While we get captured in the day today, God is already working in our tomorrow. Let's look at Haggai. Haggai says, "Um, I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain, your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. So here's what. I want you to think carefully. Think carefully about this. Think carefully how can God make a promise now about something that's in the future? That's what he's doing in the text, right? He says, I'm giving you a promise now, but it's not yet. How can God, think carefully, how can God make a promise now? even though you and I can't see what's not yet how can He do that well answer is because he knows what's next right he can make a promise now because he's already working toward a preferred future he can say look I'm gonna make you a promise now even though not yet you haven't yet You haven't yet harvested your grain, and and you haven't yet produced, got the harvest of all the crops. But I'm going to make you a promise now that will be lived out in your future. He makes a promise now because he already is working in tomorrow. He's already busy in the future. Why? Because he has a preferred future. He has a future For these people, for Haggai, for the people of Israel, build the temple. Get God at the center of your life. Build the temple. Get God at the center. Give your whole heart to God. Why? Because God is working, and he has a future in store for his people. And the same translates for us. Think carefully. Think carefully. How much time do you spend thinking beyond just the struggles and the difficulties of the day, To think about how God is already using this day to create your new tomorrow. That how God is already working in your day to produce the fruit and the harvest of what may not come until tomorrow. Not yet. Think carefully. Think carefully about what does it mean for your life to just simply know this biblical truth that God has a preferred future for your life he's got a preferred future so it was with the prophet Haggai with the people of Israel right he gave them the instructions saying, listen, make it a priority. Know you're going to get discouraged, but be spirit strong and just do the work every day. Just do the work, right? And make this the center, right? Give your whole heart to it. Just get absolutely consumed. Give your whole heart to it. And now he comes along and says, and I'm going to make you a promise about your future. What's happening? Well, in the book of Haggai, in the experience of God's people, when he says, build the temple, there's something so much bigger going on than just building a temple now the challenge is the people don't see it right right we do the day-to-day we 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 get engaged in just getting through the day Right? Doing the day to day, whatever the challenge is of the day. And, and so often we get captured in the day to day that we forget or we can't see whatever that next future is that God is already working toward. So it is with the people of Israel. They, they just think, okay, it's ju- they just think it's just about building a temple. It's just about building a temple. And so it says, on the same day, December 18th, the Lord sent a second message to Haggai. On the same day, what day? On the same day that he said, listen, just give your whole heart to this, right? Just put God at the center and give your whole heart. On the same day, through the prophet Haggai, God reveals a new future. He reveals a glimpse, a future, that he's been working toward for God's people, they didn't see it. They didn't understand it. They thought it was only about building a temple. We have that. We've had that here at Christ Church. I can tell you that when we uh, bought the land here and we laid out the project of building uh, this building, I've got to tell you there was some people who said, "You're going to do what?" <laughs> Whoa, that's way too big. We could never. That's just, you're kidding me. Do you know what? We're six years in this building, and uh, this service right here, it's full. We're already full. I know you're looking around. Wait a minute, there's an empty chair here, an empty chair there. Now, believe me, we've had days where we've had this room over 80% full, uh, and it's been over and over and over and over again, right? We're full, right? Because why? Because God is doing something He's doing something bigger. That's what he does, right? And so for God's people, they they only get captured in the day-to-day and they forget to think carefully that the God they serve, the God they are giving their whole heart to, is a God who does bigger things. Let me show you. He says, Tell Zerubbabel. Now this is a really important verse. Get your pens out, pencils, whatever you want. There's so much in this verse you're going to want to circle, okay? Tell Zerubbabel... The governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones, destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall, and their riders will, eat, will kill uh, each other. Okay, you ready? Who's Zerubbabel? By the way, just, wouldn't you like to just say that? You want to just say that with me? You ready? One, two, three. Zerubbabel. Isn't that great? Just kind of blah, blah. blah. Rolls right out of there. Alright, you're awake now. Zerubbabel, tell Zerubbabel. Who is Zerubbabel? Who is this guy? Well, the text tells you he is the governor, right, of Judah. What does that mean? Well, it means he's just the puppet guy, right? Darius, the king of Persia, is the dude in control. And he sent the people back and said, okay, you can go back, you can build, but I'm the guy in charge. And Zerubbabel, you're just going to be sitting there as the puppet guy. You're the governor, the puppet guy. Now, wait a minute. Who is Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel is a guy whose great-grandfather was Jehoiakim. You know who Jehoiakim was? Jehoiakim was the king of Israel what is God doing the king of Persia couldn't see it the people didn't see it what is God doing when he says Zerubbabel listen I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth he is working at something so big he is restoring the Davidic line what did he promise David David one of your ancestors will sit upon the throne forever. He is fulfilling a promise. Zerubbabel is going to be restored as king. There's more. Think it through. Think carefully. Think it through. If you go to the genealogy in the book of Matthew, New Testament, and you go into the genealogy, and you start going through the kings in the genealogy, Guess who's in the genealogy? That would be Zerubbabel. And ultimately, where does that genealogy lead? To somebody named Jesus. What is God doing? He's not just restoring the kingdom of Israel. He's not just putting Zerubbabel back on the throne. He is paving the way for the kingdom of and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He is paving the way way back here with the prophet Haggai making this pronouncement as the people are stuck in the day to day to day to day to day. He is doing so much bigger and larger. He is paving the way for the Kingdom of Jesus. Do you get that? That's pretty dang big. <laughs> <laughs> That's like on the humongo scale, wouldn't you say? That's huge, and you, and you get a hint of it. You get a hint of how big this thing is if you if you look real close now at the next verses here, right? If you look real close, because he says, "Look, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth." That's the Bible's way of saying I'm just going to turn things upside down, right? I am going to turn this world upside down, and he says, "Look, this is how I'm going to do it. I will overthrow royal th- overthrow." Royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. Who do you suppose he's talking about? Persia. I know it's unthinkable, it's unimaginable that anybody could possibly overthrow the king of Persia. You gotta be kidding me. No, no. How about the next one? Look at the next one. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. He's going to do what? He's going to destroy the chariots? Nobody can destroy the chariots. They are the most awesome, incredible military weapon ever possibly conceived in that day. It is unthinkable. It is beyond imaginable. That anybody in Jerusalem could have even the slightest hope of defeating an army of chariots. You've got to be kidding me. And not only will he overthrow the chariots and the horses, but he's going to do it all. When he overthrows the chariots and the riders and the horses fall, the riders are going to kill who? You don't even have to do that. You tell me, think carefully. Think carefully. How big, how big is God thinking? Amazing, isn't it? It's not just about building a temple. This is about building a kingdom. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, he gets this. He picks this up in the New Testament as he looks at what what God did through Christ. He says, when God spoke from from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But now He makes another promise. Once again, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed. So that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is what? Unshakable. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. What is He building? An unshakable kingdom. And you're in your everyday, and you're struggling through your day, and it's so easy to get lost in just that day and all His challenges. And all its problems when God is building an unshakable kingdom. Wow, huh? Think about it. What does it mean? Think carefully. What does it mean to truly understand that God has a preferred future for you? That God has a preferred future for your family? That God has a preferred future for your kids? that God has a preferred future for this church. What does it mean? Is it possible? Is it possible that even the struggles that you're going through right now, and some of you are going through some really tough stuff, is it possible that even the struggles that you're going through right now can be the seeds of opportunity for tomorrow? That God can use what you're going through today in a powerful way, in somebody else's life, tomorrow. We just uh, this last week lost one of our kids. Right? Some of you know that. One of our young people. Uh, not not happy about that. But the amazing thing is, as a result, one of our adults sat with me the other day and said, "You know what? I lost my brother. I lost my cousin." I know what that family is going through. I know what the other kids are going through. Isn't it amazing? I really feel like God can use me now to speak to them because of what I went through. Did he see that when he was going through it? Did he understand that when he was going through it? Think carefully. Is it possible that wherever you are right now in life, that God is preparing you for whatever he has in store, for tomorrow. And part of that is building this unshakable kingdom. Building an unshakable kingdom. That's the way he works. He works for his kingdom purposes, but he does it in building personal futures. Right? He does it in building personal futures. Remember the whole the whole uh, book of Haggai up until this time has been a what? It's been about the people. It's been about them, about them getting their priorities right, about them when they get discouraged, persevering, about them giving their whole heart, right, and putting God at the center uh, of their life. And now he turns his attention and he gets even more personal. And he addresses one specific person and says, and you, Zerubbabel. That's what he does. He uses personal lives to build unshakable kingdom outcomes. Follow that? He uses personal lives to build unshakable kingdom outcomes. Look the text again. It says, "But when this happens," says the lords of heaven's armies, "I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of that guy. Try to say that one. All right, three times. Ready? No. The key word is not what his name is. The key word is what? My servant. My servant. I will make you a signet ring on my finger," says the Lord, "for I have chosen you. The my servant word." That is the same word that he used when he called Moses. It's the same word when he anointed David to be king. It is the same word that is used in the Old Testament when it talks about the Messiah who is to come. That's awesome. He looks now personally at Zerubbabel and says, you are not going to be like your grandfather whose heart turned away from me. Your heart is is in the right place at the center and I am going to be in you I am going to use you that's what that whole signet ring thing is all about right the signet ring that that was the ring the king's ring right it was the one that sealed the deal it was his you know sign of authority right whenever you, if you carried the king's ring you were there in his authority right he's saying listen Zerubbabel you're the one you're my servant you now it's through you I'm going to do what I'm going to do to do big things. Exactly opposite of what happened to Zerubbabel's great grandfather Jehoiakim, right? As surely as I live, says the Lord, I will abandon you, Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of, Israel, king of Judah. Even if you were, even if you were the signet ring on my right hand, I would pull you off. What happened, great grandpa? <laughs> pulled off. Gone. His heart wasn't in the right place. He turned away from God. He worshipped other gods. He burnt the scriptures. Right? So God says what? No. Can't use you. But his great grandson Zerubbabel his heart is in the right place and God says you're the one now. Signet ring on your finger. You're the one that's going to make the impression in the world for my unshakable kingdom. He says the same thing to us. He says the absolute same thing to us. Look at Colossians. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is... Who, who, Who are we about? Signet ring. We wear it. We got it. We're the ones now. It's us. It's this place. It's this church. We're the ones. Because you know what? That world out there is way wrong. There is so many things wrong with that world out there. Right? We experienced it. We lost a young kid. Can't happen again. We cannot. That can't happen again. We can't lose just one. It's so wrong out there. And we're the only ones that can change it. We're the only ones. We wear the signet ring. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal how? Through us. We're it. You've got you to be convinced of this. As you're going through your day-to-day, as you're in the middle, and you, you get so tempted to think small and to think just about, i just got to get through this day, you've got to understand there's something so much bigger going on. There's so much bigger going on. God is going to use your life. When you give your whole heart to Him, He's going to use your life to build an unshakable kingdom. And that unshakable kingdom isn't just buildings. That unshakable kingdom is when we rebuild the lives and hearts of people. When we rebuild the lives and hearts of people and they understand the truth about the unshakable kingdom of Jesus Christ. When they understand Forgiveness for the first time in their life, when they understand hope for the first time in their life, when they understand the possibility that in the middle of all of their struggle, as they're captured into the day-to-day, that they can get set free and have a life that is bigger, greater, and beyond, and that God has, amazingly, a preferred future even for them. See, we're Christ followers. We'll get this today. We're Christ followers. We'll say, yeah, God's got a preferred future for me. But He's got a preferred future for them. They just don't know it. And we're the ones that have to bear the signet ring. We're the ones. The time is now. We're the ones that bear the signet ring to make that difference. And it is a battle. Do not be deceived. We are in a battle for the hearts and lives and eternity of people. It is a battle. Look at how God refers to himself as he ends the book of Haggai. Of all the titles, of all the titles that he could refer to himself with, look what he calls himself. I, the Lord of what? You can say it with me, will you? Heaven's armies. What did he just tell you? It's a battle. It's a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a battle to build that unshakable kingdom in the lives of other people. You can look at Jesus when he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. It's up to us up to us. I, you know, I shared earlier, I mean, when we built this building, there were all kinds of folks who are like, are you kidding me? How can we, how can we even think about filling that building? Let you know, you're going to see some stuff even this summer start rolling out because we got going to make some changes. We're full. We make some changes. We got more to do, more to do. Why? Because God is thinking bigger. He's just thinking bigger. Don't settle for the day to day. Don't settle for God just building a temple, not just here, but in your own life. Don't settle for God just to build build a nice little temple for your life. He has so much more and so much more and so much more. If you look look at the next uh, slide, go ahead and change it over for me up there, guys. My clicker is not clicking. No, that's not the one. Anyway, it's on your half sheet. We'll do that way, huh? I can get there that way, right? Uh, If you go to your half sheet, uh, what we're going to do is, you know, we have ended each one of these series uh, with that term, that think carefully idea. Uh, And that's what I want you to do. I want you to um, uh, think carefully about this book of Haggai and about the message uh, this morning, about what God's saying. And some of you, you know, maybe it is the day-to-day that's got you captured, right? And, and I want to honor that. I don't want to belittle that. It, it's big. The day-to-day can be big. But if you can just put that day-to-day in perspective and understand that God has something even bigger at work, all of a sudden it's not so overwhelming that God can use even that. So if you look at your half sheet at the end, there's some uh, questions there uh, for you. And... Uh, We're going to end, there we go, we're going to end like we have every time. Think carefully. Just take some time to think carefully. What percentage of your life is about the larger picture of of God's purpose, right? Are you you stuck in the day-to-day, or can you see something bigger at work in your life? And and it's about building an unshakable kingdom in people's lives. So think about three people that you need to just write down, pray over, and let God give you an avenue uh, into their life. And then just think about the battle. How committed are you to the battle? Okay, we'll take some time. Done more than our minds could ever.